an apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. And look at verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we thank you, Lord. We just thank you for your word, which is truth. Lord, in a dark and lost world, Lord, you've given us truth. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for each and every person that's in this room today, Lord. I pray, uh, Lord, that you'll open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts. Lord, allow us to receive the words, Lord, that you have prepared for us this day. God, I pray. I pray that as clay, Lord, I pray that you mold us into the image, Lord, that you have designated and designed us to be. Lord, I pray for each and every one of these individuals that's in this room, Lord, as you have a plan for each and every one. And Lord, I pray that you'll use us in a mighty way, Lord, to, to help turn the tide of this country, this world, and turn us back to a, a country, Lord, that's focused on you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Um, so, and this is what shook me. Um, as I was reading this uh, several years ago, he says this term as he's writing to the book, or as, as, as he's writing to the, the, the people of Rome, he uses the term that your faith is spoken of throughout the world. And I thought to myself, I was saved, uh, and, and you know, I accepted Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, in 1999. I said, what kind of things would people speak about my faith? Would people know that I am in Christ Jesus? Would people know that I'm a Christian? And, I, and, I, and that, that plagued me and plagued me and plagued me. Um, and, and at that point, I made the decision, I made the decision to turn everything I am to him. See, I, I spent so many years of my life um, at, at the age of 13 um, and beyond, I, I didn't understand that whole thing, my will versus thy will, you know, because as, as a young person, it's always about you, right? It's all, it was always about me. And I, I started to forsake the things that, that Christ had given us. See, Christ, God gave us the, his word as a basic instruction so that we can get through a very tough life here on earth. And it's tough. Now, you guys might think it's tough now, uh, but once you hit uh, that age of like 18, 19, uh, when reality really hits um, and, and you realize exactly how much, see, I, I, at 18, 19, I came into the days of like, pre-flip phone. Um, so now, now they don't have, well, now they're back to not having a flip phone. Now it's just about yay big. The first phone I had was about yay big and about that, that fat. Um, and then at, at 19 years old, I learned that, hey, I got to pay for that thing. But back then it was cheap. I'd just go get one of them cards at, at uh, Target or Walmart and it was 20 bucks. And, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I got to spend 20 bucks every month on this phone. And then... About five years later, I learned that that 20 bucks didn't seem so bad once I started paying about 40 or 50 bucks. 
And now for a family plan, it's like $210. Praise the Lord, right? <laughs> no, but, but then he's given us, he's given us the opportunity now um, to truly understand how tough life's about to be. See, Paul has a desire as he writes uh, here this, this letter to the, to, the, to the church of Rome. He has a desire. Does anybody know what his desire is? And I'm okay with interaction. See, I get excited when we talk about scripture, so it's okay to get excited. Let's just not get carried away, okay? Um, but here's the thing. He has a desire. Does anybody know what Paul's desire is as he's writing this, this letter to, to the church of Rome? Anybody know? Let's look at it. Look at verse number 9. He says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Paul has an affection for this church of Rome. Paul says, Hey, I've heard about your faith. I heard about the work that you guys are doing. He says, I heard about the fruit that you're producing as Christians. I've heard about it. And he says, It's got me excited. I pray for you always. When I pray, I make sure I mention you in my prayers. Look at verse 10. Making requests. Now he's pleading to God. He, he mentions them in the prayer. He says, hey, God, thank you for this church of Rome. They've got me excited. And then he says, now I'm going to make a request. Does anybody know what that request is? If by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. He says, my desire is to come see you. My desire is to come see the church that's in Rome. He wants to see them. He wants to see the church that everybody's talking about. Could you imagine being that church? See, we got a lot. We got a lot to look at. I was, I've, I've, I've preached many places. I've preached in, in auditoriums with a thousand people. I've preached in auditoriums with ten people. <clears throat> I've preached. And these are always my most exciting days to preach is when I get to preach to younger people. Do you know why? Because each and every one of you in a couple years, quite a few more years, and not too long away, not too far away, you guys are going to be the adults that will be filling the pews of churches. And now we have an opportunity to be a group, to be a generation, to be a church that is spoken of throughout the world. A church that someone like Paul would desire and make mention of to come and see. He says in verse 10, making request, if by any means. Now I want you to see what he does. Remember I told you at a young age, who's it about? It's about us, right? It was about me. It was about my will. And this is where I learned the my will versus thy will. Everybody know the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's speaking of God. He's praying in submission to God's will. He's saying, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. So it's God. God, I'm giving my will to you. If you desire, and if it fits, I want to come see the church of Rome that people have been speaking of. Making request, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey. I want to come see the church of Rome. I want to see those people. See, Paul has a destination in mind. 
And when I say that, and I'm going to ask you, what was Paul's destination? Does anybody know? I want you to say Rome really loud. Rome. Paul had a destination in mind. Paul's destination was? But it was only if God would allow. It was only if God would allow. Now look, verse 11. For I long to see you. Paul desires to see the people of Rome. But he says, even though I want it so bad to come and see the people of Rome, he says, I only want to do it if it's in God's plan. And he prays about it. 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 Does anybody know if Paul actually gets to go see the people in Rome? Anybody know? Anybody know? Let's take a guess. How many people think yes? If you raise your hand, you're not wrong. Okay? Paul eventually gets to go see the people of Rome. In the book of Acts, this was uh, the Romans chapter uh, number 1 is, is estimated to be pinned down in about 57 A.D. Okay? 57 A.D. The book of Acts chapter number seven, or 27, all right, Gives us a story. <clears throat> gives us a story of Paul. Uh, Paul gets put on a boat <clears throat> to go. Does anybody know where? Where's his destination? Rome. He gets put on a boat to go to Rome. Does anybody know why? This is where it gets real good. Why? Not to preach. To go what? To go to prison. Woo! He knows his Bible. Praise the Lord. Paul gets put on a boat in the book of Acts to go. Think about this. Remember, he prayed two years before. Acts 27, 59 AD, roughly. He gets, he prays and he prays and he prays God. If by any means, I want you to see that. Romans 1, if by any means, for God is my witness, for God is my witness, whom I serve my spirit, the gospel of the Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by any means, any means, which means he doesn't care how he gets to Rome. He doesn't care. So you know what God does? God says, hey, it's in my will at this point, two years later, for you to go to Rome. And do you know how you're going to get there? On a prison boat. On a prison boat. Does that sound fun? Raise your hand if you think that sounds fun. Get put on a prison boat. Shackled, chained. Probably without much food, without much water. We've seen the life of Jesus. We saw how they treated Jesus. Imagine how they treated followers of Jesus. Doesn't sound like much fun. But I'm going to assume that as Paul sat there, Paul's probably thinking to himself, praise the Lord. I am finally headed to my desired location, which is Rome. I'm finally headed to Rome. Praise the Lord. How can I come to that conclusion? Because Paul and Silas were thrown in prison for doing the Lord's work, and instead of being upset, being miserable. Man, I knew I shouldn't have served the Lord that day. 
Whew. No, they got thrown in prison. What'd they do? Anybody know that one? They praised Jesus. They praised. They sang hymns, or they sang psalms. They prayed, and they praised him. And you know what happens when we're obedient? I didn't hear you. We're rewarded. And you know what happened that day? That day it said that an earthquake came and it shook that jail, shook that prison. I'm going to say it was revival. Revival shook that prison. God, God sent revival. God shook that prison. And it said them shackles fell off and those doors were open. But did Paul and Silas leave? No. Why? There was work to be done. There was work to be done. He was obedient. Even when the path seems easy, sometimes it's not the path you're designed to take. Now, as Christians, this is not an easy road. This is not an easy path. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be persecuted. We don't know persecution, but you're going to be persecuted. Mocked. Why? Because we're different from the world. We're different from the world. Paul starts his letter to the book of Rome, or to the church of Rome. He starts this letter with Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. He's separated. We're called to be separated from this world. Praise the Lord. I'm excited that I'm called to be separated. Why? Because I know the judgment that's going to be ensued upon this world one day. But we're called to be separated from it. Paul took this mission. Paul took this honor. And he wrote this letter to Rome. And he said, I have a desire to come see you. By any means, if God would allow it, I want to come and see the church of Rome. In Acts 27, he fulfills it. He puts him on a prison. Prison, uh boat he gives him some prophecy he tells him hey we might not want to leave right now but these guys these prison guards they're probably like we don't want to stay here all you're doing and anywhere paul goes paul gives him the gospel we see it in the book of corinthians and it doesn't just stop once in the book of corinthians and corinthians first corinthians uh, chapter 15 he says that i'm here to preach to you the gospel which i've already preached unto you so he just doesn't give you the gospel once. He keeps giving it to you because that's important. And they're probably sitting there thinking to ourselves, we don't want to stay here with you, Paul. You keep talking about this Jesus guy, and that's the reason why you're going to jail. So no, we don't want to stay here. We don't care that there's a storm coming. We're just going to keep on going. And we're going to get to our destination, and this is the worldview, guys, and this is the view that gets me in trouble, right? I want to get to my destination as quickly as possible. And that's what they said in Acts 27. We want to get where we're going as quickly as possible. And then Paul says, okay, but we're still going to hit a storm. But he says, hey, let's try to reroute this thing. God told me that this, this, this isn't going to end well. Let's try to reroute this boat. And he tries to give him a new location. He said, no, we're good. This is the quickest way, and that's where we're headed. And they get into the storm, and the storm gets really, really bad. Really bad. And you know what happens? It gets so bad, they say, hey, we're going to be shipwrecked. And then Paul says, yeah, you're right, we're going to be shipwrecked. I told you that. I told you that. And they said, well, we need to get off the boat. And he says, no, Paul, he says, no, no God gave me this vision that said that the boat will be wrecked. 
But those that remain faithful will be unharmed. No lives will be lost. Right after he says that, they winched down a lifeboat. They threw a lifeboat. And the guys were about ready to jump off the edge. He says, no, I'm serious. Cut it loose. As soon as you get outside of this boat, you're dead. The moral of this story is Paul had a desire. That desire in Romans 1 was to see the people of Rome. He wanted to get to Rome at all costs. I have found in my life, most of my life, I have been exactly where I desired to be. I've been exactly where I desired to be. We see uh, in, in Scripture, we see the story uh, of the rich man who, who asked Jesus, hey, what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, hey, I want you to get rid of all your possessions. He knew that that man only desired earthly things, the riches of life. And the man, knowing that he couldn't get rid of all things, walked away. And he was exactly where he wanted to be. Filthy rich on earth, but nothing after this. I have found in my life that I'm usually always exactly where I desired to be. Where my heart is, there my treasure will be also, the Bible tells us. The things that I treasure, that's what my heart's focused on. At a young age, your age, most of you, I desired athletics. I was the world's worst athlete, guys. But you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a basketball player. Look at me. Do I look like I was going to be a collegiate basketball player? No. At the age of 12 years old, I was a half inch shorter than I am right now. Sixth grade, I was just a half inch shorter. Than so that means that in the last 23 years, I have gained exactly one half inch. In seventh grade, I was like, oh, I've, I could still grow. You know, I was, I was five foot seven in the sixth grade. I can still grow. Eighth grade comes around, I'm still five seven. I can still grow. Ninth grade comes around, still five seven, still gonna grow, right? Tenth grade comes around, eleventh grade comes around. Twelfth grade comes around, I'm five seven and a half. I said, I told you I was gonna grow. I can still go to college. I averaged 2.7 points per game. About 13 and a half turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to college. No, but I had realistic expectations eventually in life and realized I wasn't going to college to be a basketball player. Then I thought to myself, I'm going to go to college and be a golfer. I was pretty decent in high school. Wasn't in college. So then I was like, well, I'm just going to study, Right? I'm not going to make a million dollars playing a a athletics, so I'm going to make a million dollars doing something. So then I decided I was going to be a pre-law, business pre-law. So I took, um, in four years, uh, I took about enough classes for six years so I could graduate with two and a half degrees uh, and then go to law school. I didn't go to law school, okay? <laughs> I started a business, right? And, and I built this, you know, and we built this business, built this business, built this business, um, and, and it was crazy. Um, the, the second year I was ever in business, um, for the first time in my life, I made $135,000. Yeah. 
Not bad, right? Not bad. And then I get greedy, right? Rich man. Uh, I get greedy, so then I, I take all that money and I start investing it, trying to build this company and, and, and everything. And, and then one day, one day, um, we're doing the best. Each year we're, we're growing business. Business keeps growing. Business keeps growing. Um, one year, all of a sudden, um, I'm in and out of church. I'm, not, I'm, I'm focused on this business seven days a week, missing church. Um, because I had a desire. The desire was to, to be financially secure. And I always told God, God, once I get financially secure, you know, once we get these things in place, I said, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on you, which is the wrong attitude. Never have that attitude. Say, God, I'm going to focus on you, and whatever else comes, comes. And so what happened was one day um, I wake up to an email that said, hey, um, due to market volatility, you know, we can't fulfill these contracts anymore, so, so we're going to have to cancel our contracts. Great. Pre-law, I'm scouring through the contract that I paid an attorney who is in law uh, to do, and there's an out in it. Stink. So then I'm like, well, that's just one. That's just one. 10%. We just lose 10% of business. And then the next thing I know, a couple weeks later, and it's all the same market. Due to market volatility, we can't fulfill this contract. We can't. I'm like, 20%. So once you get 20%, then you start to panic a little bit. So you start letting people go. Um, and then all of a sudden, in one week, I lost 80% of my business. Now, remember, I already lost 20%. Now I just lost 80%. How much of my business did I lose? 100%. And you know what I said? Once I lost 20%, I really started to get back into church. I was like, okay, I need to focus. God got my attention. I need to focus. I lost that other 100%. And you know what I said? Praise God. Praise God. He's got something better down the line. Uh, so then I got a job somewhere else. Uh, started working. Started working. Started working. Um, and then there was a revival. And God called me to the ministry. Full-time ministry. I quit my job three days later. Remember, I was focused for seven years on financial security. And then I lost it all. And when I say I lost my business, I'm not just saying I just lost my business. I lost my business, my business assets. I lost the money in the bank because I still have to pay vendors for product that I had already purchased, even though I can't sell any of my product. And so we're sitting here, and my wife looks at me, and she goes, well, what do you think? I said, well, God's called me to the full-time ministry. She said, what does that mean? I said, I need to quit my job. Mind you, we just had our first kid. Yeah. And she goes, okay. We'll make it work. And then the craziest thing was, was when I understood that it's not my will, it's God's will, my wife, who now is the sole income earner for our house, she gets about a 45% raise at work. She's always been smarter than me, but she's, she really proves it over and over. Um, but she gets this 45% raise. So now she's making more than what her and I was making together, which is pretty good. So then as time goes on, um, 
you know, God calls us to plant a church. I get involved in youth ministry. I get involved in nursing home ministry. I get involved in all these ministries. Then God calls us to leave the church to plant a new one. So we do that. My wife, who gets a raise every year, she's been, she just started getting these raises. My wife says, I'm not happy where I'm working. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, what's going to make you happy? She goes, her company was doing things now that, that goes against what we deem to be what the Bible says, scripture, goes against scripture. And so I said, well, let's find something. And she goes, well, I really like, I think God's calling me to this. It's a mental, it was a, it's the mental health board. I think God's calling me to the mental health board. I'm like, okay. There's a position open. So she, it's financial. So she fills it out. She's in the financial industry, fills it out. She gets a call like two days later. We want to schedule you for an interview. She goes in for an interview. And I'm telling you this because I want you to see how God works when you change your desires to fit God's. She goes in for this interview, and they said, okay, <clears throat> we'll get a hold of you to schedule a second job interview. You know, we have a few more um, applicants that we need to interview. They call her back that evening and says, we want to offer you the job. Sweet. It's only a third of what she was making where she was at, right? Whew. I said, is that what God's calling you to do? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, take it. Take it. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. God's got bigger plans. God's got bigger plans. And you know what? We, we've never focused, well, we used to focus financially, um, but, but we've, we've kind of lost that focus financially because we know that if our desires match up with the desires of God, like Paul, Paul's desires matched the desires of God. He said, God, if it's your will, when it's in your will, I want to see these people. I've learned, and we see this in scripture, Paul had his desired destination. He wanted to see the people of Rome. Paul got there, didn't he? How did he get there? Prison boat. Prison boat. Does it sound glamorous? We're not talking about a cruise line. We're not talking about above-ground pools, in-ground pools. We're not talking about, we're talking about a prison boat. Paul was heading exactly where he wanted to be. My life has always headed exactly where I desired it to be. Whether it was in a path of destruction or whether it was a path towards spiritual things, Jesus. My life has always been where I desired it to be. The problem is, and you'll find out, most of the time I just didn't like the vessel that God used to get me there. Paul's probably happy of the vessel that God was using to get Paul to Rome. A prison boat, doesn't sound glamorous. There's things in my life, I'm exactly where I wanted to be, but... I didn't like how God used other things to get me there. I didn't like that vessel. But I learned very quickly that it's not about me. It's got to be about God. Everything else will fall in place. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. God has already overcome this world. I told you I was a Baptist, and to keep this thing under 30 minutes is really hard. Um, but I'm going to have to wrap it up, all right? So we're going to pray, and then you guys are going to go to second period.
right? Second period. And y'all are going to have a good day today, right? Right? We're going to follow Jesus today. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity, Lord, uh, to just serve you another day. God, in a dark and, and, and lost world, God, I thank you for that opportunity to serve you. Uh, God, I just pray. I pray that you use each and every one of uh, these individuals in this room today in a mighty way to serve your kingdom. God, uh, I pray that uh, as, we, as we just listen to Paul's desires, Lord, I pray that uh, you examine us, examine our heart, examine our desires, Lord, so that we can line up our desires with your will. God, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you in all capacities, even if it's not glamorous, glitzy. Lord, I thank you for that opportunity. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray you keep each and every one of these kids safe and healthy. Lord, as they're in this school, to serve you. Lord, we ask all of these things. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you.